We as an organization last May decided that we were going to permanently offer every employee up to two days telecommuting continuing after COVID. Uh, If you did that, then you would potentially down the road lose just having a dedicated space here in the office. And I'd say so far, we've had probably um, like 50 people uh, enable that. Yeah, yeah. And, and we didn't touch the people that had requested accommodation because of COVID. Yeah. So we haven't even got to that population. Um, so I would anticipate there's probably about 50% of the people are going to be on uh, two or less days telecommuting. And because having a dedicated space at work is not as important as having the flexibility. Welcome to Think Beyond Space, the PDX Workplace Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Blake St. Ange, Principal for the Portland Office of Cressa, a global corporate real estate firm. From the people, the culture, and their thoughts on the future of work, we sit down with leaders from Portland's most respected companies to learn about what makes their workplaces tick. We also dive into the commercial real estate markets and workplace trends that will help shape the future of business in Portland for years to come. Subscribe at cressa.com slash Portland or wherever you find your podcasts. Welcome back, everyone, to the podcast. I am so excited to have a good friend of mine on and client, actually, Doreen Barnhouse, who is the EVP, Executive Vice President for the Partners Group out here in in Tigard. Welcome to the show, Doreen. Thanks for having me, Blake. Pleasure to be here. So for those that may not know about the Partners Group or you, uh, you guys have been around for, for a long, long time. Do we just start telling a little bit about who you are and what you do with the Partners Group and maybe how you you're sort of career journey from where you started and where you are. And we'll kick off there and then we'll see where the conversation goes. Okay, great. Well, uh, the Partners Group, for those that don't know, is a full service insurance and financial services agency here in uh, Portland, Tigard area uh, is our headquarters. We have four other locations across the Northwest and we are growing. I have been here for many years. Uh, one of the, I guess, quote, founding members of sorts. I've been here since 1993. So, and I'm still going strong because it's still keeping me very interested. I got here kind of on a, uh, by chance, I was uh, in college, an accounting major and had started a small consulting on just on my own, helping small businesses when computers came out for accounting programs, they would get them messed up. So I would come in, fix you up, teach you how to do it and teach you how to fish. Mm-hmm. And then I would be on to something else because that, that's my forte. I don't necessarily like to maintain. I like to create. Yeah. And I picked up uh, the partners group, which was then Kerr Insurance as a small business. Only they hired me as an employee. And, and so, so you were what? Employee number three? Employee number at two? At time, yeah, we had the owner, Bruce Kerr, and there was three other employee, full-time employees. And I was okay. as a full-time employee, but I kind of worked myself out of a job uh, and became part-time when I got everything caught up. We then had an opportunity to have the Oregon Medical Association as a customer client. And we created a firm called Kirk Crookshank and Rod Crookshank, who is now our CEO, joined the firm. And so that brought me back to full-time and uh, into a lot of great initiatives. Then in the year 2000, we merged the companies to be partners group. And that's okay. where we are today. So I was vice president of operations for a long, long time. And then in 2017, 
we formed a formal leadership group and added more members, not just the CFO, CEO, and myself. And I became executive VP of operations. Got it. Got it. And so, okay. So from four or five people to what's the total, how many people do you guys have now across your four locations? Yeah, we have about 175. And every year we probably add just because of uh, growth. We we try to temper our people and position ads with efficiencies and systems efficiency. So we're not just growing in dollars. Right. So our bottom line can be healthy. We uh, add about 11 new people every year uh, from new initiatives to sales growth to location growth. Yeah, that's a 8 to 10% growth every year. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you guys have been on the fastest growing list or the best places to work list for, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, a decade in a row, right? Oh, yeah. We've been doing that for, gosh, as long as they've been having their awards. We've yeah. applied, we were fastest growing for several years consecutively. Yeah. That gets a little bit harder when you get higher revenue dollars to be on the fastest growing because the multiples decrease, although the dollar value increases. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we've done that. We've been on the uh, best companies here in Portland, the best companies in Bellevue, Washington, on the the Puget Sound Journal up there. We've been healthiest employers. We've been most philanthropic employer. We're we're checking all the boxes and those are real uh, awards. Our employees participate. We don't have just a small group that gets to participate. Right. Right. And we pay them for their answers. No, (laughs) it's real. And, and, And we value those surveys, the results, we we buy, sometimes we buy the feedback to understand more fully how we can improve mm-hmm. our culture, how we can, uh, what are other companies doing that we can potentially adopt for our own. Um, some of them just aren't realistic based on our, our clients' needs and our yeah. hours of operations and things like that. Yeah. yeah. So what do you guys, so to be on that list or those lists, if you will, I mean, that's that's a healthy list of, of you know, not just revenue, but you guys are giving back to the community, you're giving back to your employees, you're all those things. It's it's really, that's a really challenging feat to hold and do for two years, let alone doing it for nearly 20 plus Um, I mean, the rewards might be a decade or so, but just in terms of even before the awards are just sort of my, my guess is the value and missions, um, would be well, well in advance of any award. So beyond that, I mean, how do you guys, how do you do that? What's the, how do you keep that fabric and that culture so tight and then, you know, doing it for such a long extended period of time? That is a really good question, Blake. And I've never really thought about it in that context, but I, I just think it's so core to our DNA. Seriously, I, I think from from the moment I started here, from with Bruce Kerr and three other employees, uh, there was a real thing about really at a high level serving our customers. Um, it was also about looking past why an employee is having a problem to really look at their particular personal circumstance to yeah. say, what can we understand more? Right. What can can we change your job to, to create a better circumstance for you to succeed? That has been so core to who we are just from the very ground up that, and, and one thing that I, cause I worked in several organizations prior to coming here uh, because I didn't, I came to my, like this kind of career a little later on, I did a lot of different things. So I, I worked with a lot of small businesses and you didn't always get the highest integrity sometimes mm-hmm. on decision-making and what I noticed here was that 
we always take the high road. When it gets into an ugly circumstance, it's like, you know, we don't always go for the most profit with uh, to win. We're, we're going to do the right thing. Yeah. And that cultural, that core cultural being of TPG uh, helps us to hire the right people. Yeah. And of course, we've gotten better over the years identifying who's a cultural fit for us. And then, and we, of course, we've defined our core values and what our mission. And, and, and so as we attract people that are drawn to us for those things, I think it, it really helps persist. Yeah. So yes, it's a lot of work to keep innovating and being better and, and, and creating a place where people want to work and be and serve our customers at the highest level. But it also is not as hard as you would think because you have the right people in the ship. Yeah. Yeah. And building that momentum over time, I think you just, it yeah. continues to build and grow. Yeah. I mean, I remember hey, this is, you know, going back six, seven years, I actually, you know, that's how we, I got to know the partners group. I, in my business, I cold called Bruce mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. and I got a chance to meet Bruce and he sort of, you know, uh, told me about the firm and then, you know, for the course of six years, you know, got to know the firm even more and then got to meet Rod too. And I just, and several other people within the organization over that time. And, from what I've seen is that that culture of trust and doing the right thing. I mean, there's, there's several little nuggets that, that I've personally learned from you and from Rod and from Casey and from others and Jake, it's just, you know, little pieces that you realize life isn't purely just about the professional career. Life is about the personal right. And, right. and what does that look and feel like? And how are you balancing yourself? And over time, I mean, it's just, that exudes from the partners group in my, you know, in my right. personal that's experience. From seeing that. that. So, that's a very nice thing to hear. Yeah. I think for me, I always like to think of the real long game. And so say, you know, we build a culture, we have people that leave us and potentially they leave us and they come, they come back Yeah. or they leave and they start their own companies and build and their company the way ours is built with the same great values and how they treat their employees that then we are giving back in a different way than yeah. just volunteering or giving money or that it's a, it's a, it's a longer play. Yeah. Yeah. So, so part of that culture piece, I mean, pre pandemic, pre COVID, the recruiting and retention piece, it was really, I think, I mean, the, the labor markets were so hot and they're still, still hot, but I mean, the labor markets have been so hot the last five years again, right in before COVID and competing for talent and you're in the, I'm not, you know, sort of laggard insurance business as someone might, you know, think about who wants to sell insurance. Right. I mean, it's just, it's sort of, that's what, you know, our grandparents did or whatever. Right. right? And so you think about the boring suit in the corner office and the, you know, the aspirational is to get the office that you can close, which is now in many cases, not important to the new group coming in. And so as you guys have thought about your recruiting and your retention, and then put COVID in there. Have you guys grown a lot over the last year? What does that sort of look like for you? And then, I mean, I think I know a little bit of the answer in terms of, of how you recruit, but because of the culture that we just talked about, I mean, that, that's those valuable things are, are things that people are looking at beyond just what a paycheck yes. is. And if I can get a quarter in office, it's, it's much bigger than that. You know, in this last year, we did take a look at our hiring plan and we did look at positions that we could delay and I think there was about five positions where we said not in 2020, we will put that off till 2021. Just because we didn't know, uh, we have a philosophy that we don't ever want to lay anybody off. Mm-hmm. And uh, we happen to be in insurance. Insurance is a good business to be in on insurance and financial services because of people keep their insurance policies. Uh, people keep the employee benefits. They need business insurance. They need 
and sometimes more so financial planning, uh, insurance. That, so, you know, you have your home and auto. It, it's so we can still say viable and say we don't want to let anybody go. And with that, we do have, but like you say, insurance is like, has a bad rap. It doesn't sound very sexy. And there's some really great firms out there that, you know, Amazon or Google or Nike. And, you know, it sounds way more glamorous than working in the partners group at insurance. Mm -hmm. But uh, there's a lot of really wonderful opportunities in insurance. And so what we do is we recruit new graduating college seniors uh, into our program, we call Ignite, like we're igniting your career. Mm-hmm. And we hire, we, we look at our business units and say, who needs uh, someone uh, to replace somebody five or 10 years down the road? Right. So we want to get them in early in a career. We want you for a career because insurance is one where you get more valuable as you get further into the industry. You, your knowledge just builds. There's a lot to know, a lot to learn. And um, there's a lot of avenues. There's client-facing or there's this service. Um, so, because we want to keep our customers. Right. So, uh, we, we bring people in. We train them up in their particular specialty, whatever they've chosen here uh, to be at the partners group. And then they're launched into the business unit in that following year. So, we're in, I believe, our fifth or sixth year of Ignite. And this year, we started a, a new program called Fuel. And FUEL is for those uh, college uh, interns that would be maybe in their junior year. And we want to say, here is what a career in insurance looks like. And we're going to show them all of it. And it's like, is that something that you would like Mm -hmm. to do? Because what we've understand from our Ignite program is that it's a big commitment to say as a 20-some-year-old, yeah, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life, right? Right, yeah, exactly. (laughs) We want to say... Because it is that kind of commitment. It is yeah. a it is a job that you get in for a lifetime, similar to yours, where you right. get huge bank of knowledge yeah. that it is you only get better as you the longer that you're in it. Right. And so, with those, uh, then the the fuel the interns for like a eight to ten week program, would they then be the next year ignite mm-hmm. employees? Right. Right. So we're launching that this year. And so we're super excited about that. And we partner with a firm called Emerging Leaders, which uh, gives us candidates from unrepresented populations, the uh, BIPOC population. So we because we also know that we want more people of color in a predominantly white industry and in our state. So we are being very intentional about that also. Yeah. Yeah, there's some great programs out there in that yeah. avenue, right? To, to just from an internship perspective, I think it's so critical too. For I don't know, we we have a student with De La Salle North Catholic in our office, and I think it's really important before they have to make that decision of am I going? It, it's just you know you're dipping the toe in a little bit and giving a sense of different parts of the industry, and maybe there's one thing that really attaches to them, and they That's or they go, you know what? I want nothing to do with real estate. I want nothing to do with industry. It's better to learn that now at 17, 18 years old and doing an internship or even, you know, 20 years old doing an internship from college. And so then it's like, you're learning things you don't want to do. And maybe you don't know exactly know what you want to do, but you're starting to learn things what you don't want to do, or at least get some, some feeling in that. So I think that's really powerful for students and then for, you know, young professionals getting into it. Well, and I tell you too, all of our interns, because we've done interns, like two or three interns, every year for the last five years or so as we've grown yeah. we have more project needs um, and we're more technical 
we those interns have added value every year. They've they've uh, started on uh, initiatives that we've kind of put off because it needs a brain to yeah. get on it. And when you have a dedicated resource, a college student um, that's really ingrained in all new systems, and their their brains are fresh and new, and really attacking it from a different approach, and they bring a skill set that we may not even have had in house, right. or it can enhance a skill that we've had in house. It's, it's been super valuable. Yeah. You know, we talk about the new generation of workers, the, the, the older generation of workers that, that, I mean, there's four or five generations now that are, you know, well, we're all working from home, but you know, in the workplace, if you will. So as you guys thought about this and you, you formed your ELT in 2017 and, and you're sort of looking at the next generation of, of, you know, who TPG is and, yeah. and what that means and culture and everything else. You know, I'll bring it to the space side of things. And what does that look like for you guys? I know you went through it, you know, some transformation on that that's piece sort of pre-COVID, but what does that look like now? And then what does that look like post-COVID in terms of how you guys utilize your space, how you think about utilizing yeah. your space, what the purpose of, of a physical location, you know, those sorts of things. Right. And I, I give a big sigh because that is an evolving <laughs> strategy. Yeah. Uh, as you know, we're in the midst of uh, figuring out what our new new space is going to look like in our TPG North office in Bellevue, Washington. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did just redesign and move into a headquarters space in Portland on the December 2019. And so we haven't even utilized our fabulous space. Yeah. Yeah, which we did the surveys and we figured everything out and 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 it really was designed to hit all of the five generations and the needs of the position specifically, as yeah. well as we put in change management strategies to really people might that might have a, a, a older school thought of what space means. We, we changed their thinking. We, we gave them tools uh, to, to be versatile wherever they are. Uh, what we do recognize in our industry is that the private office is a a valuable thing. Uh, It it is still very much needed and utilized here. And and so we kind of bucked trends, the current trends and added more offices rather than we didn't go like 50, 50, like we were, we probably went 30, 70 and, but we scaled down the size and that's just be totally fine. It's just more of having that that privacy for talking to a customer on a technical issue. Plus, we're we in our industry we do work with health and and uh, financial data that needs privacy, but we also have a better configuration on workstations and a lot more open collaborative spaces. That, to your point, the people that have have grown used to that, grown in a generation of being more versatile and using technology merging technology into their everyday life. Yeah. We've created a space for that. And I know for as much as it was used, people really appreciated it. Right. Yeah. And, and currently we're surveying our, our employees to understand what it means to come back to work and what your needs are now. Uh, we as an organization last May decided that we were going to permanently offer every employee up to two days telecommuting continuing after COVID. Uh, If you did that, then you would potentially down the road lose just having a dedicated space here in the office. And I'd say so far we've had probably um, like 50 people uh, enable that 
Yeah, yeah. And, and we didn't touch the people that had requested accommodation because of COVID. Yeah. But we haven't even got to that population. Um, so I would anticipate there's probably about 50% of the people are going to be on uh, two or less days telecommuting. And because having a dedicated space at work is not as important as having the flexibility. So some of the things that, that you've learned as a leader in the last year, I mean, you've been a leader for a long time, not only at, at TPG, but in the community. We've, we've had you out on, on build sites for, you know, Habitat for Humanity. I know that you're, a, you know, you're the PDX Wonder Woman, you know, according to your <laughs> printer and your scanner. So walk us through a little bit for you personally what the, what the last year has been like as a leader and you know, maybe your involvement in the community and just some things that, that you, know, you do personally and then maybe as the company as well. You talked about the philanthropic side of TPG. So maybe yeah. just a little bit on that. Well, for me, I think that what I learned personally is communication is huge. And we as a, a company upped our game on communication. And that has been such a game changer for all of our employees, especially in a time of uncertainty. And that doesn't mean you know the answers. Right. It just means that you recognize there's the problem, maybe. Yeah. Right. And there's some positive to, to whatever. For me personally, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily a person who enjoys working from home. I, I really like people. I like being in the office. I like uh, the energy. But yet working from home, I still have a 15-year-old uh, at home. And at this time in his life, usually you're, you're not super close to your kids because they're at school. They're doing sports. They want to be with friends. They don't want to be with you. And now they're with you. Yeah. And it has been really great because it has so strengthened our relationship, especially at such a time that's been a struggle for him mentally because he's also a social person. And so yeah. being able to be there for your kid making breakfast, yeah, getting up lunch together. Right. That that's been a real gift. And I, I would say, and I've talked to several people at work where they've had that same feeling, like, wow, these are years that we would have never had. This is a year we would have never had with our kids without mm -hmm. COVID. Mm -hmm. And just having that time to be present with your kids while they're going to school is a benefit. Yeah. So for that, I think it's a real win. I think that what I've really learned, people change when they have to, right? Mm -hmm. They will adopt a, a, on a dime yeah. when they have to. Yeah. So uh, I guess maybe in the future, how do you create that sense of urgency yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that they change way, way more easily or uh, building a resilient workforce as well? Yeah. yeah. I think that's, you know, it's, it's interesting. You think about it, everybody had to change so quickly. And I think some, you know, experience sort of helps sort of our mindset and what that looks like. And so in some yeah. cases, you know, when you make a change from whether it's a career to a career or a job to a job or relationship to a relationship, depending on what that is, once you've done it once, once you've yeah. done it before, yeah. you realize that there's a bit of that confidence that I can do that again. Yeah. I can do this again. So of course we don't want a global pandemic to come again, right. but if there's some things that, that happen, I think also just that, so that's sort of, team, company, professional-wise, but also on the individual side, if there's, there's, I think we've learned a little bit more grace during this time, right? So there's, there's, I can't jump on the call. If I'm jumping, yes, I'll jump on the call, but just so you know, I'm half in, half out because I got a lot of other things going on in my life. Yep. And there's this little window that we can all see into people's lives. And I think there's a little bit of that. We, we've given some permission to be yeah. human. Yeah. And so making that pivot in the future should it come again, personal, professional, whatever, you know, hopefully some of these things um, have, have given us some of that, you know, skin to do, you know. 
I think so too. That's why I tell my son is that should this come again in your lifetime, which it probably will, this is building your resilience. You're not yeah. going to know what to do. So I think from an organizational perspective, you know, we are a purpose-driven in a giving back firm. And we've, we've done that for years. Again, I think that goes back to uh, that. So we've always been like that. I think yeah. we've got, we were more solidified in that thinking when 2008 hit and it hit the financial markets. Our customers were needing our help. Uh, we had our other customers were going out of business um, and, and we were still doing all right. We were yeah. still you know, people were still buying cars and people were still buying houses. And we're like, you know what? We used to have a big Christmas party and we decided that year that we're not going to do that. We're not going to spend a bunch of money. Instead, we're going to build volunteer teams and give back. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that kind of, and, we, and we've just kept that. We don't have a Christmas party like we used to big blow out with presents and yeah. dinner all that. We spend our time, go out in teams and give back. And then we give money. Yeah. Well, that has led to the 2000, we launched a foundation, a TPG foundation. And this year, this last year, we were able to have our first major TPG foundation fundraiser. And we raised $30,000 for the American Red Cross because of the fires. Yeah. So we, we, we asked our employees, you know, here's something we think we're going to give an opportunity for to give. And then TPG matched, and that ended up being a $30,000 number. So we were super happy to give that. We were proud to have that be our launch. Yeah. And um, it just really reinforces the culture of TPG. And that was all That was all internal giving? Half of it would have been uh, 15 from yeah. our employees, and, and then TPG corporate matched. Yeah. But it wasn't, it wasn't like a, you know, send out to all your, it, no. that, those are people that, I mean, that, that, that no, speaks just volumes. TPG employees. Yeah. yeah. And so that's outside of our, we have a, a corporate giving kind of thing. We match 150 for anybody wants to give to whatever 501 three seat filer that they choose. Yeah. Uh, we match. And then we also give eight hours per quarter to every employee to volunteer uh, at, again, a charitable organization. And like you said, we've done Habitat together and have yeah. one of my personal favorites. So, and we want to just encourage people to do more of that. Sometimes when we get busy, although you get it as a benefit as an individual, you know, our customers need need you also. Yeah. So right. it's really hard sometimes to say balance that. So we want to really give ways for people to be able to use those dollars that are out there and that support our communities. Well, and to, I mean, that's, you know, effectively it's four full days of volunteer work over yeah. the course of a year that that yeah. is on top of the other you know, amazing thing that you guys, you know, do as a company and do is for your employees. I mean, that's, that's pretty incredible, especially for a medium sized business that's locally owned. And that's, you know, it just, I don't know. I mean, that, that's a, that's a, a big commitment to, to your, to your people and to the community as a whole. I mean, and I think I've seen, and I've seen whether it be via social media or just being involved in that sort of thing, you know, seeing you, it's not just that you have it. Oh, great. We have it. I mean, you have it and people use it. Right. Yes. I mean, and people are doing something with that, which, you know, the action is a big part is, is the biggest part is not just saying it, but but acting on it. So, well, we do have a purpose, which is make a difference in the communities through our work and inspire others to do the same. So wow, we yeah. want to live our purpose. Yeah. And this purpose kind of was 
came about because that's just who we are. Prior to us really formalizing that in the last couple of years, it was that's what we were doing. Yeah. And, what, and we realized what drove us every day. And it's really to to really be there for others, yeah. not just for ourselves. So it's something that we're happy to do. And we want to encourage people to do it more. Yeah. I think that's part, I think there's that again, part of the DNA too, where you, you know, you say that's just who we are. Right. But, but I don't think people externally know that's who you are until you formalize and until, and it's not a, it's not a, a blast out like, Hey, look how great we are. It's, it's really just formalizing and almost giving permission to others to do the same. And so, like you said, as part of the mission, it's just, you're, you're building that, not just, you know, you're not keeping it within the four walls. You're saying, look, we can do it. You can do it. We can all do it. We can all contribute in some meaningful way. Well, yeah, that's right. If we can inspire you, that that's a, that's a nice word because it really isn't, you have to internalize to be inspired. You really have to internalize it. So it's an active word that uh, for people to do great things. Yeah. Taking all the things that you've learned in your years of life, you know, both professional and personal, if you had, uh, 30 minutes or 30 hours with, with one person in history, past or present to have a cocktail or a coffee with who might that be and why? That is such a great question because there's so <laughs> many people I would love. To talk to. I am I'm a really big uh, proponent of uh, saving the planet. And I, I was passionate about this in high school. So many years oh, wow. ago. Yeah. Yeah, I really was. I was going to travel to New Orleans. They had this guy that was, saving trees. And, and, uh, I, I was the, I was the charter member of a magazine called garbage, which was, uh, what going ways to recycle. And, and that would have been back in the seventies. Yeah. And, um, then it all kind of disappeared with, I guess the, who was ever in, uh, power is it just kind of disappeared all of the news about that. So I think I would choose right now would be Bill Gates uh, because I'm listening to a book uh, by him about how to how to how to make this change. Yeah. And and so I'd like to know more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really balance that because I love Malcolm Gladwell. If you know who he is. Yeah. Oh yeah. He writes some great stories and articles, and he's so curious, and he has such great conclusions or journeys in his thinking that I think he would be fascinating also. Yeah. That was such a good question. I, I think, I, I think about that. So you stretched it. You gave me two. So I'll, I'll, I'll allow that because you can have, you know, coffee with Bill up in Seattle and you can have, you know, a martini or a cocktail with Malcolm out in New York. Yeah. I love there that. I mean, get his buddies. Yeah. His, he's got a <laughs> bunch of friends that he, uh, and I think he's got a wide group from what yeah. it's because the listening a revisionist history is the podcast I listen to, and oh, nice, yeah. Uh, he's got a bunch of friends. He he brings yeah. in podcasts, and so that would be a great group to sit in New York and listen. Yeah. Oh man, just to be a fly on the wall. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I would, uh, I would, it would be, it would be great. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, for those to to learn more about the Partners Group and about you, where can they where can they find you? Well, there's thepartnersgroup.com, which has a lot of our information. And we are redoing our website this year, which I'm uh, will, will be refreshed. And I am on uh, that as one of the, um, it shows on the leaders on who we are. I'm also at LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me on Dorian Barnhouse there, Partners Group. And welcome anybody to reach out and for coffee, to talk or for anything. Awesome. 
Noreen, thank you. We did great. I think I think it was a little loose. I think it was it was loose. It was good. It was good. So well, it's better to be in the office so I don't have the dog yeah. with the bar as a kid. I'm always kind of <laughs> listening in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we changed the platform a little bit too. We yeah. you know Zoom's yeah. a little bit easier to to, yeah. to work through. But yeah, thanks for you know joining me today and and um, enjoy the sunshine. Hey, you too. I will. Thank you for listening to Think Beyond Space, the PDX Workplace Insider Podcast. To follow along and get additional insights from each episode, visit cressa.com slash Portland. Please also take a minute to rate and subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.